0: Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sixers are up 3-0 against the Toronto Raptors Podcast. Of course, no, this is the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris here. No, know you're right tonight, but uh, as you can insinuate, we were recording directly after the Sixers won up 3-0 in an overtime win against the Toronto Raptors. Chris, I'm hyped. I'm sure you're hyped. What's going on, man? Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm just as hyped as you. Joel
1: Embiid with the walk-off game-winning three, nine tenths of a second on the shot clock when Doc called the final timeout, redeeming his mistake that forced them to take that timeout. Um, it was a shot from a very similar part of the court. From where he took the shot at the end of regulation that he missed, so a bit of redemption on two fronts there. Actually, obviously, three fronts if you go back a few years.
0: Yeah, I was about to say because you know, Um, let let uh, Kawhi Leonard get that three off. So, Joel
1: obviously has a complicated relationship with game-winning threes in Toronto, so this is a very nice. Um, An appropriate moment for him. Sixers are up 3-0 in a series that we both predicted them to lose. So we look like idiots, Lucas.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. Look, I don't know if the Sixers really deserve to win this game. They played like crap for most of the night. It was not particularly fun. I was quite stressed out. Um, I spent a good amount of it pacing back and forth in the living room, muttering curse words under my breath. But here we are, 3-0. and They beat Toronto, easily Toronto's best game played so far this series. A game where they won the turnover battle, they won the offensive glass battle. They played their game, because for a lot of this game, and Philly still managed to come out on top, pretty much because Joel Embiid is freaking awesome. And he had five points in the first half, ended up with 33, including the game-winner, Again, this went to overtime. James Harden fouled out with 26 seconds left in regulation. He ended up with 19 points and 10 assists. 19 for Maxey. 11 points, 12 boards for Tobias. 9 and 7 for Danny Green. Lucas, a couple deep breaths. What are your takeaways here after
0: this, this win? So many takeaways here. Um, first off, I think if you had any doubts about Joel Embiid being the MVP of the league prior to this game, I think this game has somewhat quieted those doubts. I don't know if Chris is completely convinced, but anybody else that's not Chris, because Chris is somehow really loving Jokic, I, I, I think just showing how Joel beat You don't expect a big man to carry a team for like a whole entire half, and win you a game on a game winning three, but he did it, and he did it just in such dominant fashion that dunk on Siakam in the third quarter, I think just I don't know Chris, it just makes me think he's the most dominant big man. It, it, obviously he's the most dominant big man in the NBA. I, I would say he's probably the most dominant player in the NBA. I I don't know how you feel about that. That's my initial reaction here, and I'll also say this. I think this series as a whole, but it, you know this game too, has made me realize that the Sixers arguably have, and this this is a hot take, Chris. Are you ready for this? The best backcourt in the Eastern Conference with Maxi and Harden. Yeah, I mean, is that a hot take? I I mean, think about it. let's 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 review who else has a better backcourt. Not the Nets, not Milwaukee. No offense to Milwaukee because Drew Holiday's awesome. No offense to Kyrie. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, but I, I mean, Miami has wh- who Kyle Lowry and who's their starting to Max Strauss? Even if you throw Tyler the in there. Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah. It's like tough with
1: positions like. But could like you, argue get, you that, like, Jimmy is but, a backcourt player kind you, of thing. You, but yeah, if we're you, just going strictly like who's point guard and shooting guard on the roster. um, I don't think it's even a hot take to say it's Philly. Like
0: you could say yeah. Chicago, like when Lonzo's healthy, they're me. Yeah. Um but. Yeah. I I just think the way that they compliment their games so much. And I, I I'll be honest, I for all the Tw- Sixers fans that hated the poll that we put up on the uh, webs on the Twitter page about who who was if Maxi was out playing Harden, that was me. I just wanted to get the pulse. Yes. I, I think maxi is definitely benefiting off of Harden. and i'm not denying that and if we're going from yeah. pure spring aspect then yeah maxi's outplaying playing but i think they both complement each other very well but i i would say for sure they're the best backcourt so not only do the Sixers have the best center in the eastern conference arguably the nba they have the best backcourt in the eastern conference yeah
1: so we're just going to ignore the wing positions and Uh, Tobias Harris is is not bad. It's fine. But if we're comparing the wing, the strength of the contenders' wing rotations,
0: we suffer a bit. We suffer. (laughs) But you know what? Tobias Um, Harris had 11 and 12 tonight. Chris. But he he, he held Siakam in check. Tobias was great tonight. I'm just going to say,
1: Tobias had a great game. You were a little you know, watery on my Tobias is good take for the pod. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Because I looked at just purely the scoring numbers before I saw how poorly Siakam played.
1: Yeah, Tobias has been really solid on the defensive in this series. He's taking on a lot of the toughest um, matchups, and he's really – he stepped up to the plate. We all saw that awesome stop that he had late in the game on Gary Trent Jr.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: 12 rebounds, a couple big rebounds, almost won the game in regulation with an offensive rebound.
0: I think he got fouled. that Chris, by the way. I think he got fouled yeah, on that. I
1: know. I mean, at that point, it's like you should probably let him play. I'm not I'm not too worried about that, but just saying. yeah, Tobias's effort has been off the charts in this series. He's been super consistent for a while now. He deserves a, a whole ton of credit for molding his game and putting in the effort in the right places. Um Danny had a bit of a weird night. He almost got not a
0: lot in the first half. Danny's not allowed to go underneath the basket anymore. Danny it.
1: is not allowed underneath the basket. He is not the world's greatest rebounder, but he found a way to make some impact
0: plays too. Um, three of seven Harden from
1: obviously found out, people are going to say, oh, he only scored 19 points, but really efficient, had 16 of those 19, I believe, in the first half. Mm-hmm. Really, like, like, Philly doesn't win this game without James Harden. He's their best player for the first two and a half quarters. He's the only reason they were were with, within 10 at halftime. Like Philly played a really bad first half. Toronto was beating them, again, in just about every which way. They were running it up in transition. They were crashing the offensive glass. All the stuff we were worried about, Lucas, coming into the series, Toronto was, was
0: Dude, showing we were
1: worried. But it was James Harden who was hitting big shots and calming the Sixers down in important moments. And he obviously fouled out. That's not ideal. But up until he fouled out, he was really important to getting Philly in this game. Obviously, Joel got them across the finish line. But uh, James deserves a lot of credit. This was a big-time James Harden game. Easily the best looked yeah. like getting downhill and creating off of drives and finishing at the rim. Um, in this series, he had some really – you look pretty spry relative to what we've seen so far,
0: so... I I, I agree, and this is the... Like, if I get 19 points and 10 assists from James Harden on efficient shooting, I don't think anybody's going to complain about that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like, people are probably going to complain because they just have a, such a high opinion of him from Houston, and they're, like, just lingering he's, on that... He's not that guy. He's not kind of guy. that player anymore. I, I know. And look, if you get, like, I, I think it was... Was it Maurice, who's from y'all's group chat, who commented on one of our cheat tweets? He was like, I didn't expect James to put up Ben Simmons numbers.
0: Uh, Ben Simmons uh. was an
1: all-star? A, if you're getting all-star level offensive production from James, A, he's putting up better numbers than Ben. B, if you're getting 15, 20 a night and 10 to 15 assists a night, he's hitting some threes. He's playing an elite floor game and he's lifting up Maxie and Tobias and he's He's lifting up their well. That's enough. It's not ideal. It's probably not what the Sixers hoped for when they traded for him. But it's more than enough. And he's hitting some big shots. He's still one of the smartest players on the face of the earth. He's, He's still elevating the Sixers in a whole lot of ways. Maxie's not playing this well, if not for James Harden. Like The Maxie splits before and after James are pretty absurd. He's shooting like 48% from three since James has arrived. He's averaging more points per game since James has arrived. Like like James has unlocked Maxie, and he, he deserves credit. It's not always super pretty. He has some low moments. There are some, you know, he gets a shot blocked every now and then. It's not perfect. It's not like 100% ideal all the time, but James is still playing really good basketball, and... Again, Sixers don't win tonight without James Harden, so I, I think he deserves his flowers there too.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think everybody had a good game. Um, I mean, I know your boy Paul Reed did not have a good plus minus score, but I don't think he played horribly. Yeah, um,
1: I, I mean, the only, like, obviously turnovers were a problem. I would say just about everyone had a bad game in the first half, and they turned it around in the second half. Um, Joel ended the game with six turnovers. I think four or five of those were in the first
0: half. Um, uh, it felt felt like Toronto's defense almost lightened up a little bit in the second half. I mean, the Sixers stopped turning the ball over. They
1: were just not reacting well to the pressure in the first half. And once they calmed down a bit, they started doing some of the stuff that, that won them the first two games and Joel played like an MVP, which is normally pretty helpful.
0: Um, so the last thing I want to talk about before we switch to game two, Chris, is that for all the crapping on Doc Rivers that me and you have both done this season. I, I think we gotta give him a little bit of credit for his in game adjustments here. His use I, I don't I, I mean I'm not I, I'm not thrilled that he used that challenge on James Harden's sixth spell, but it's like something you have to do. Yeah, what else who do you use it on? That's I mean, that's yeah. what you save it for. Yeah, so like I I think is, is this like the best Doc Rivers we've seen thus far in his tenure with the Sixers during these th- this three game stretch, Chris? I feel yeah. like it is.
1: I mean, they were certainly prepared for, especially in the first two games, they were super prepared and they were crisp and they were executing well. He's condensations. He's staggering stars. He's playing Paul Reed. Like, that's all. That's all good stuff. Like you. are He's coached a really good series.
0: Um and he's his guys calm. Like, he's able to reel his guys in after, like, you know, gut punch after gut punch, which I think is important. Yeah. I, I mean,
1: he deserves a ton of credit. Well, assuming the Sixers end up getting by Toronto, hopefully he'll keep it up in the Miami series. You know, like, the obvious red flag there is if he goes back to DJ for whatever reason, but I... I'm hoping that Paul has played well enough to get Doc to just roll with it because it's just so obvious that Paul Reed should be getting those minutes, even after tonight when he wasn't like super world changing greatness. But
0: but yeah, Chris, let's let's go ahead and switch gears and let's talk about Game Two, right? Yeah, get to come away with Game Two, and it you know it was not as it wasn't a blowout like Game One, but I mean at the same time, Chris, it was a solid win. One twelve to nine ninety seven. Uh, uh, initial thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it was pretty close to a blowout, really. Like after the first quarter, Toronto punched them in the mouth. They started the game on an 11-2 run, I
0: think. Yep. Something after like that
1: point, it was pretty much all Philly. They had a bit of a lapse in the second half,
0: but and then in the fourth quarter, they let it get close again because they were yeah. up like seven, I think, yeah. and then it. Ended up being, what, a 15-point game at the end? Yeah,
1: but for the most part, Philly was in the driver's seat, and it was pretty much the same story from game one. Slightly less impressive, like you said, but Toronto was overhelping. The Sixers were punishing them. They were getting a lot of clean looks in the corners. They were attacking a rotating defense. Maxi had 23 points on 11 shots. Nine boards, eight assists, another great game from him. Tobias had 20 and 10. 7 of 11 from the field. Joel shot 56%. The only guy who sort of struggled from the field was James. Um, and he got to the line eight times, had 14 points on nine shots, six times. You'll take that generally. Not a great James Harden game, like, just looking at the box score. But, again, I thought he played I think well.
0: His, I think that was his best defensive game. He had three steals and two blocks in it, Chris. Yeah, but, yeah, well, it was, he struggled.
1: Yeah, like, I wasn't watching the game thinking, oh, this James is stinking it up, you know? I I thought he played fine, and he, again, just does so much for the other guys on this team that even when he doesn't have it, quote-unquote, on an individual level, he's normally helping Tyrese and Joel and Tobias and Danny have it, so... Really strong night, again, from the starting five. The bench, not a ton going on. Three blocks in ten minutes for Matisse, but he, he's been doing mostly cardio in this series up to that point. So,
0: Speaking of Matisse, we didn't even talk about his absence in that game yeah. three, because it didn't feel like defense, half-court defense or even transition yeah. defense was a big deal.
1: This was just never going to be a Matisse series with how Toronto plays. Um, again, he played ten minutes in game two. You're you're not really missing much there. He'll, he'll be more important if the Sixers go on to face, like, a Miami. Brooklyn maybe, but Brooklyn's not looking too hot right now. And I don't know if Miami is really a Matisse series. I don't think Milwaukee or Boston, or maybe Boston because of Jason Tatum. I
0: was to say, Boston for sure. But
1: mm. those are, like, <laughs> defensive teams that can that punish,
0: can Yeah,
1: that can punish Matisse. They don't have a ton of shooting.
0: You know, uh, I think It's those yeah. really
1: quick twitch guards that you really, really, really need Matisse for. I think Tatum's maybe the exception. Like, you probably need Matisse for that series more, but I don't know if Miami is really a Matisse series. Duncan Robinson, like, had him on skates the entire time we played Miami last, so I don't even know if that's, like, a super beneficial Matisse matchup, just having him chase Duncan Robinson around. You don't really need him for Jimmy or Kyle Lowry.
0: What so. about Tyler?
1: Yeah, I, I mean... I, I'm, I don't know. Tyler Hero is is great, but
0: uh, I'll say this: Miami I
1: think doesn't have a ton of shooting outside of the one or two guys there. So
0: mm-hmm. um, uh, I'll say, this. I think Danny Green should be the starter for the rest of the playoffs, regardless. Yeah, Danny, it's it's just it just helps you
1: offense. So. Yeah, he, yeah. You need that fifth shooter in there. Um, it it's helped in this series. It'll help in future series. You can like fluctuate Matisse's minutes depending on how he's playing and how like the game script is going and if you need to slow a guy down you play him more but Danny should be out there to start every game. I don't know if he needs to play thirty-eight minutes every series. Like again, Matisse will probably have better matchups in future series, but that's Danny's spot at this point. I'm I think it's safe to say that. Seems like he's been saving up his legs for the playoffs this season, which is probably smart at his age. Um And, yeah, I, I mean, the Sixers are always good when they have five shooters on the floor. That's always yep. been the best setup for Joel and f- for James whenever he's been in the NBA. So, good stuff. I, I think that's Danny's spot. The Sixers are up 3-0. I, I mean, there's not much more to say about it. They yeah. have done, they've taken care of business.
0: Um, I think they did a good job defending the two best players on the Raptors, Siakam, thanks to Tobias, and Fred Van Vliet, just because of – I think that's a combined effort of James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. I think they – I think if you can slow down those guys, it doesn't matter if Ananobi has a good game or if Gary Trent has a good game, though Gary Trent did ga- scare me in this last game. I'm not going to lie. Um, I mean, look, the not, first half of
1: Game 3 was, was- – pretty much toronto's best punch i'm not saying they can't come out win game four
0: yeah we'll talk about game
1: four but second. like it's three zero. no one has ever come back from down three oh i i don't think toronto is the team to do that they are a fun and interesting group but clearly they're not quite as good as we thought they were and the sixers are playing better than we thought they would so
0: yeah.
1: barring catastrophe i i don't think toronto as much of a chance.
0: I think this game ends in either 4 or 5, Chris. I just yeah. don't see it on 6. But let's go. Speaking of 4 or 5, let's just switch gears again, and we'll talk about Game 4 coming up.
1: Yeah. So, Game 4 is going to be Saturday. They get a couple games off now, which is nice, considering this one went into overtime, and it was so competitive. Joel just played, what was it, 45 minutes, 47 for... Tyrese, 46, 47 for Tobias.
0: 46 a, minutes
1: uh, for Danny Green. Then you get days think, off.
0: Yeah, cool. Go, <laughs> go to, you know, Niagara Falls. Go get some Canadian bacon, whatever you need yeah. to do.
1: go put your feet nice like DeAndre for a few days. Yeah. I think for Yeah. Do, do you think Toronto is going to come out with some spirit here, or do you think? They're pretty much broken after this game. Because, again, for this was probably one of Toronto's better chances. The whistle was going their way. The crowd was going their way. They were up 10 at the half. They were winning the turnover in the offensive rebounding battles like they are accustomed to. This was about as good an environment as possible for Toronto. The Sixers made mistake after mistake. Joel had a really bad first half. Joel almost blew it there at the end before he made that shot. Like, I, I don't know if Toronto's going to get a better shot at this. How do you think they come out in game four?
0: Well, it all depends on Scotty Barnes, right? The You know, the prediction is he'll probably play. He was a game time decision today. They ultimately decided not to play him. But, Chris, could they come in and sneak a game four at home? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, this game showed us that. When they play their style of basketball and Philly gets flustered, you know they they Toronto can easily run up the score on Philly. At the same token, I mean it depends on how well Scotty Barnes looks when he comes back. But I, I could could Game Four end up going to Toronto? Sure, I, I, w- I don't think either one of us would be surprised. I, I think it would almost be shocking if the Sixers got a sweep, especially the amount of work that they had to. Put in to get this win. I think it's much more feasible for the Sixers to probably just not throw this game. Obviously, you play to win. But if they lose game four, I think it's safe to say that they have a really good chance of winning game five at home just because of the crowd and just how much better the role players play at home. But could the Sixers? one. Sure. Uh, even if Scotty Barnes plays, I think like like you said, I think the morale can definitely be squeezed out of this team, even if they have a great coach like Nick Nurse to try to revitalize them.
1: Yeah, um, they definitely could win. Uh, Scotty's obviously a big factor there. He's I their mean, third. Honestly, though, if you're Toronto. If you're down 0-3, do you even want to rush Scotty back from an injury like that? We obviously don't know the specifics. That's a, good
0: point. that's a good point, yeah. We don't
1: know the risk factors. If there's not a ton of risk, you know, we don't know that. But if there is, you're down 0-3, is, there, is it really worth playing him? I mean, that's obviously a decision for their medical staff and for Scotty at the end of the day. But, yeah, either way, I mean, Sixers were pretty much well on their way to a game one win when, when Scotty was playing and when Scotty was playing really well. So I don't think they – it's not like they can't win with Scotty Barnes out there. Um, I agree. I don't think this is getting past game five. If Toronto, like, puts up a nice last stand at home, they could win for sure. But I don't think it's getting past game five. barring injuries. Um. I'm sure Joel and company would like to get this one over as quickly as possible just so they can game plan for um, probably Miami because it doesn't seem like that series is going to last very long either. (laughs) So, you know, if all goes well, Lucas will be here talking about the Sixers Heat series probably within the next week. If all does not go well, um, we'll, you know, we can melt down at that point. You know, you don't want to leave anything you know, don't put anything past Doc Rivers, but he hasn't blown any 3 0 leads, just 3 1 leads. So yeah. hopefully he doesn't get to 3 1, but.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm just glad 3-0. that your eyes on the podcast in the sense of, you know, I don't want to be hearing I told you so.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, man, look, your eyes are going to have. to okay. reverse jinx it in Philly's favor. I'm. I'm doing the dirty work so that Philly can win these series.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Painting yourself as a martyr. Yes, that will that's go. Right.
1: It's called sacrifice, Uriah.
0: It's called playing a politician, Chris. And that is exactly what you're doing right now.
1: No, look. Before the series, I said that on paper, Sixers should win. But that they generally disappoint me and that I had to reverse jinx it. So that's what I did. I had to sacrifice my vote of confidence so that Philly could win this series.
0: Because this is all about you, right?
1: It is. It's really, in the <laughs> grand scheme of things, it all
0: comes back down to me. This is course. Chris's world, everybody. We just live in it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you guys know. So, Chris, real quick, I guess, before, <laughs> just because this is kind of a quick podcast, I want to get a little bit extra in here. Has there been any Toronto player that has been surpri- surprisingly been playing very well against the Sixers for the whole series that you you weren't expecting to?
1: Um, Not really, because before the series, I was kind of worried that everyone would play well. Uh, <laughs> I, I think OG Ananobi deserves a ton of credit. He's been injured and had a lot of tough stuff to work through this season, and he's come back and played a really strong series, especially these last couple games. Um, he's been their best player offensively since Scotty went down. So I think he deserves a ton of credit. He's a really good player, and he's doing it on both sides of the ball. So if I had to shout out one guy from that team, it would be OG. I think Pascal kind of had a rough night in this one, especially down the stretch. Obviously, Gary
0: Trent a night of 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 games, didn't game. Hmm? He had a rough game in Game 2, too. You won twenty for 20 points.
1: Yeah, and again, yeah. Like, credit to Tobias and Danny and Joel and all the guys who have kind of mm-hmm. tag-teamed to defend him. Fred Big Lee yeah. struggling this series. Again, he's coming back from an injury. It happens. It's, it's, I don't think, a reflection of his talent or anything, but OG's really been the guy for Toronto these past couple of nights, so he deserves a lot of credit.
0: I agree with you, too. I was going to say OG as well. Though, I, you know what? I will say this. It, now that Gary Trent's actually not sick anymore, I, I think he will be a bigger part of what they do. I also um, want to shout out to the Sixers here because I think both of us just... They were top tens defense all season long, and we mainly put that on Joel, but the perimeter defense from Harden and Tobias especially... Has really stepped up in a big way in this playoffs, and I want to give them both credit on that. And Danny, and Danny, good series. Like old Danny. Danny looks like Danny from like Toronto slash Spurs days. Okay, maybe not young Spurs days, but like older Spurs days, or like you know Toronto. Like he's not the most efficient shooter, but he's a willing high volume shooter, and he's playing decent defense. Yeah. You. can't put him on like the fastest perimeter dude or the strongest one, but he's still good. Yeah. So I yeah. I yeah, I think uh, he's crazy to say, but I think Tobias has been the best you know perimeter defender for the Sixers this series, which we would yeah. both be afraid to say. I, but I, after- I really can't like sing Tobias Tobias's
1: praise like enough. He's had to make a lot of sacrifices f- for this team for his role since Harden arrived. He's He's really bought in in a way that I don't know if we thought he could. So he, you know what, he, he looks a ton of credit. He's been really <laughs> good this whole series. He's been hitting shots. He's been efficient. He's been making quick decisions and he's defending his tail off. So yeah. just a, a whole lot of credit to Tobias. He's pl- playing great basketball.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Tobias uh, is becoming one of the elite role players now that he's not worried about being like a secondary st- star and becoming more of a, like, you know, fit in your role type guy. I think he's becoming really elite at that. So I, I love it. I think that's a good point. Chris, did you want to add it? Did you want to talk about anything else before we wrap up this podcast? Because this is more of an impromptu. We don't have, like, a written agenda like we usually do. Is anything that you wanted to talk about, either Sixers or general NBA playoffs-wise, before we, we cut this off?
1: Um, I mean, as far as the general NBA playoffs go, I have a ticket to the Northmen tomorrow night that I'm very excited for. Um, I would encourage that, everyone that, who has any that, interest in Vikings and Revenge that, to buy a that, ticket and support theaters. Uh,
0: that, what's the with the NBA, Chris?
1: Oh, no. Well, we have a night off from the Sixers, so the theatrical movie business needs your support in these dark and difficult times, so go see The Northman.
0: That's oh my, my pitch. God. I mean, if I'm choosing any movie going into the movie theater right now, I feel like I want to see that Look, new man, movie.
1: if you watch the trailer and you see Alexander Skarsgård in a wolf pelt catching a spear in midair, and that doesn't make you want to go see the movie? I'm not saying that I, you have a you, heart.
0: I just want to see Nicolas Cage act like Nicolas Cage more, okay? Is that so much to ask? I don't know, man. Nicholas Cage is like one of the most interesting actors in the world, just because like he's so eccentric, but like he's so himself all the time too. Like if you've seen the movie Drive Angry, which is not for children, I, I watch it with Nicolas Cage. It, it's like it's basically the same thing as this movie that's gonna be coming out. I'm I'm excited for it too. If we're yeah, if we're like, I love it. Cage. Yeah. Matt
1: Stickman?
0: Have you seen Matt Stickman? Did I've St. seen well? see, now I saw him in the Wicker Man remake. I did not I, see that one. I haven't seen that. Have
1: you seen uh, the original Wicker
0: Man? No, but it, Nicolas Cage in the remake was pretty good. It scared me, though, when I was like, well, how old was I? I oh, weird. Dude, just, just watch, stuff. W- watch the new one, okay? Just watch, watch the Nick Cage one, okay? Um, but no, And Anyway, that's Shakman, Ridley I, Scott, Nick Cage, Sam
1: Rockwell, really good stuff. Highly recommend.
0: Okay, okay uh, well, any, I, I will say something about General NBA. Boston is up 2 0 on the br- Nets. I, I you know it's gonna be really interesting Boston, to see.
1: Boston might
0: win the East, y'all. Like seriously, that, you know, just that like I I mean, they very well could be the team that the Sixers meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh it's um, well, very confident of you. Uh, you know, I, I feel better about our matchup against Miami than I do about Toronto. So that's that's like Toronto was the one team I did not want to see in the playoffs. Like, I think we both felt that way. Like, I, yeah. I, I felt like, like I felt like we have a better chance against Miami than we did prior to the series about the Raptors. That's that's how I felt. I,
1: I definitely <laughs> oversold Toronto, but I don't want to just like write off Miami. They're playing no. good back.
0: Really good. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just yeah. saying I like our chances against Miami better than I did prior to this series against the Raptors. that's yeah.
1: definitely. That's, be, yeah, it. We'll hopefully get a chance to talk about Miami more.
0: Um, seems to be heading yep. in that direction. Yep, and uh, you know, now the now there's a new big three, and um, and what is it? Golden State with Jordan Poole, Chris. You know that's gonna be a fun series. Uh, you know that that's gonna be a fun team. They're beating up on your boy Nikola Jokic, uh, and you know that new death lineup. I, I don't know if I would call it a death lineup, but it's it's you know because I feel like you can you can exploit Andrew Wiggins in that lineup defensively, but against a bigger four. But like, it's a pretty good mat lineup. Regardless, so th- those are, oh, and Devin Booker's out now, so that makes the Suns actually vulnerable. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I still think yeah. they won the series. Anyway, Chris, on that note, I think it's time for you to play us out, man.
1: All right, yeah, lots of good basketball going on. We'll be back later this week, early next week, to discuss hopefully at the end of this series and perchance the start of the next series. Philly, again, three-oh series lead. Game four in Toronto Saturday night. We will probably be recording Sunday. So expect something Monday morning. Maybe Sunday morning. We Probably Monday morning, though. Um, Yeah, all our listeners, thank you again for tuning in. To get another week's episode of the Six Cents podcast, please like, subscribe, follow along, and leave a review. Give us five stars if you can. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible. Or you can listen at our website, thesixerscents.com. Leave a comment there as well. You can read the rest of our work too. We are on Sixer and Face. We are on Sixer. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. So until until early next week slash later this week, have a good night, everyone. Go Sixers. Go Vikings. We will not not the football team Vikings.
0: I was about to say, do you want Vikings? (laughs)
1: Of the 10th century, as portrayed in *The Northmen*, though I do not condone some of the activities that they seem to be doing in that movie. Um,
0: Yeah. Bye everyone. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Bye everybody.